Welcome to the podcast, Restore Yourself, Restore Your Marriage, where it's all about discovering the thoughts that get you in the mood, the thoughts that get you out of the mood, and how creating a deeper connection with yourself creates a deeper connection with your spouse. I'm your coach, Shelly Anderson, coaching you through life, love, and intimacy. This is episode number 169, seven sexy sayings that impact intimacy. Oh, yeah. Now, why would I do a podcast on this? Well, we live in the age of information, and there is a lot of information out there. Sometimes it's so much that our brain can't even capture it when we want it to. (laughs) How many times have you Googled things looking for help, looking for answers, for some data, for some information? And because there is still so much information, our brain can sometimes become paralyzed, right? Analysis paralysis. And we end up sometimes not making any decision at all just because there is so much. So we're going to need to be able to train our brain to simplify things sometimes and give ourselves some parameters and some guidelines and some commitments on how to make sure that we don't get stuck in this trap. Because the more we get stuck in analysis paralysis and indecision, the more frustrated we are going to become in life. We are going to feel very stuck. We're going to feel like we can't make progress. We can't move forward and we will not like it one bit. So we're going to need to switch things up a little bit. And what we want to do today is just talk about seven simple and sexy sayings. So that if we need a fast and quick reminder, we can draw upon these and hopefully they're going to be easier to remember because they're not long and drawn out and they don't have like 20 paragraphs behind them. So let's get into it. The first one is people are never the problem. In marriage, this is going to become very valuable. We need to remind ourselves of this fact. Our brain wants to believe that our spouse is the problem to any of the challenges we are facing in our marriage, right? Our brain can be very dramatic sometimes. And so we want to be aware that our brain is going to have a tendency to do this. It is going to have a tendency to blame. So instead of blaming our spouse, we need to remind our brain, that people are never the problem. Our spouse is not the problem. Uh Uh-oh, what does that mean? If our spouse is not the problem, what is the problem? Oh, now that is a fabulous question. One of the biggest challenges that women have, that wives have with intimacy, is that they are way too focused on the things that are going wrong the stressors, the negatives, the imperfections, the weaknesses, the humanness. We spend way more of our brain power and energy and capacity and focus 
on those things, the negative. We don't mean to do this, but we do. And when we're spending most of our time on that, we it should be a, no surprise that we struggle with feeling a desire to be intimate, right? That's going to be the natural consequence of pointing all those things out and spending too much of our focus on that. We need to flip that. We need to be focused on what the possibilities are for new solutions to other things that are not going well in the relationship. If our spouse and people are never the problem, we got to take a step back and it's like, okay, well, what is, what needs my attention? Oh, I get mad every night around 8.35 because our bedtime routine is taking like 45 minutes. <laughs> we might be blaming our spouse for that. Oh, he should be doing this. He should, 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 right? We got to pack all that shit up and we have to say, no, let's look at the routine. Let's simplify. Let's make a four minute routine. Yeah, that's way better, right? We need to spend our time looking at the possibilities, looking at the solutions, seeing what's available and asking ourselves, like, I wonder how trying something like a four-minute bedtime routine will transform what's happening here. I wonder what this nighttime experience could become if we made a little adjustment like that. So just remember, people are never the problem. Your spouse is never the problem. Your brain is going to resist this, but challenge it. It's so good. It's so good. And then challenge your brain to look at the thoughts that you're having after you say this saying. Ooh, that's going to be a fun one for you. Number two, stop complaining and start more training. What? Everybody complains, even the most positive people. But we need to heighten our awareness of our complaints. A complaint is a clue right? If we hear our kids complaining, we don't need to think that something's wrong with them. A co their complaint is a clue. And it means I have this complaint because I don't know how to solve something that's happening. I don't know how to solve it, right? If kids complain about other kids at school, it's because they want to control the other kids and they can't do that. That feels like that's a problem I cannot solve, right? So whenever we hear the a complaint we need to have that mental flashing neon light go off in our brain that says, oh, they're missing a skill. They don't know how to do, they don't have, a, they don't know how to solve this problem. There is something to learn here. Oh, and our brain likes that. It's easy to complain. It's human. It's natural. But the more we complain, the harder it becomes to see out of it, to look for the solutions, to look for the possibilities. So we want to use the complaints as a clue. And then that can really make a shift in how we approach the person who is complaining or even ourselves. We don't have to tell them to stop complaining, right? We can just clue in, hey, they're struggling. They don't know how to solve this. Perhaps we need to have a teaching moment. If you think about it, don't three-year-olds know how to complain? 
<laughs> yes, they do. What about seven-year-olds? What about 11-year-olds? What about the teenagers? They are very good at complaining. So if three-year-olds can complain, what does that mean for us as adults and our complaints? Are we going to stay in childhood mode? Are we going to stay at the skill level of a three-year-old? We can do better than that, and we need to. It's time to skill up. It's time to level up and actually live as an adult and say, my brain is more developed now than it was when I was three, so I better figure this out. I better skill up and learn how to address my complaints. This is the beauty of coaching, right? Is when you start to have this awareness of your thoughts, you can say, oh, I can do something about that. I'm learning how to do that. This is new, but I'm learning it. And when we hear ourselves complain, that can be a reminder of like, oh yeah, look at your thoughts, see if you can swap one out. So in marriage, Whoever is doing the complaining about something is the one that should be doing something about that theme because you are the one that is bothered by it. And if you're bothered by that and trying to get other people to lower your botheredness, that's a controlling tactic. And that's not going to feel good for anyone else, especially in a marriage. We're all adults. We are all in charge of ourselves and we don't want to be controlled by other adults. So if we're really bothered by something and we want to complain about it, it is our duty. It's our job to manage that by solving it. And guess what? We're going to feel amazing when we do it. <laughs> because what will happen is we're like, oh, that thing bothered me and I was able to solve it. We are the ones that get to feel confident and empowered and that we can solve problems even little ones like that. The more we can solve little problems on our own, the more our confidence goes up. It's awesome. This is a great thing to be involved in, not something that we need to avoid. Okay, number three, the bigger the challenge, the bigger the reward. Yes. Okay, everyone listen to this. This is so true for challenges in intimacy. Clients come to me and they think that their specific challenges with intimacy are this big, unsolvable. It will take too long. How could we ever do this? How can I change my spouse? <laughs> right? We forget to think about the reward that's going to be on the other side of learning something new, learning how to solve those challenges, learning a new skill learning the self-coaching model, applying it, using it every day. What, what does it look like on the other side when we start doing that? We forget so easily to think about that, to think about the reward. The bigger the challenge, that means there's more improvement to be made. And when there's more improvement, more progress, and you actually accomplish it, that is going to feel fabulous. Let's not miss out on that. Let's go for feeling fabulous. Let's go for those bigger challenges. I used to be terrified of challenges. 
it's interesting because I used to like certain types of challenges, but when it when it came to like confrontation or challenges in relationships or being able to communicate clearly or whatever it is, I used to be terrified of challenges. And now because I'm able to think about challenges differently, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what life is like on the other side of this challenge. It's going to be different. And I'm excited for that difference. Sometimes when we have a big challenge and we're able to start shifting our thinking about it, our interest will increase. So if we become more interested in the reward of going through challenges and skilling up and getting through them, what are we becoming more interested in? Intimacy, naturally. It's not a forced thing. It's not a forced interest. We're like, hey, you have to become interested in this. It will happen naturally when we want to discover what life is like by going through our intimacy challenges and working on them. It's awesome. Okay, number four, clear the desk. Okay, Shelly, what does this mean? Most of us have in the back of our mind a project here and there things that have been left undone that are actually just kind of weighing on us, even if we're not aware of it, right? Or sometimes we're like, oh, I got to get back to that thing. I need to finish it. I need to get it done, right? We can imagine that we have the pile of these unfinished things just growing and growing on our desk. Once a week, we want to take an intentional minute, and it might take a few minutes, to clear the desk. Each week, make a commitment to yourself to clear one thing. When we're able to do this, we are going to feel a sense of relief. We're going to feel our stress go down one notch, which is great because we know that stress is a big blocker for desire. So we're helping that in a natural, organic way. We're helping that. We're going to feel accomplished. And what a lot of people don't know, especially women, is that when they feel the feeling of accomplishment, a lot of times they want to be closer to their husband. They may not even know this yet about themselves, but if you clue in, do something that makes you feel accomplished and watch what naturally happens next. It's amazing. So even though we might think of like, oh, I've got to get those things done. Shelly said, clear the desk. I'm inviting you to feel amazing. I'm inviting you to feel accomplished and watch what happens naturally with your desire to be closer and intimate with your spouse. It's natural. It's not forced. Experiment with that. Number five, if you want better sex, increase respect. Ooh. Now, this has to be real. It can't be like, oh, I respect my spouse because he's a hard worker and I should have sex with him because of that. That's duty. We will feel guilty if we don't do it. We feel it's our obligation to do that if we say he is a good spouse and he's a hard worker. What we want to do is actually have the thoughts that make us feel respect for our spouse not guilty. If we're feeling guilty, we don't have the right thought. 
We need to actually choose to think thoughts that help us feel the emotion of respect for our spouse. When we do, we're going to actually have those thoughts on our mind. It's going to cause us to have those wonderful emotions. And when we have wonderful emotions towards our spouse, what do we naturally want to do? We want to be closer to them. We do. It's natural. So spend five minutes really allowing your brain to percolate on these ideas. What things did my spouse do in the last 24 hours that I actually respect? Allow your brain to to grasp onto one or two of them and really think about it. Elaborate. Look at all the details of it. Your brain is going to really like this exercise. But the things that you can feel as a result are fun and natural and sexy, very sexy. As we do this, we can evaluate ourselves and even the respect that we are having for ourselves. Are we doing the things that we want to be doing and have committed to ourselves to doing? When we are able to make it a point to have a little bit more respect and spend more time thinking about the ways we respect our spouse and ourselves, I would invite you to take some massive action on that. How are we going to show that? Not just sex, but how do you want to demonstrate that? That's one way. It's not the only way. But if you find some creative ways to do it, you just might feel frisky as you do so, right? Because you, those are the things that are on your mind. We've got to fill our minds with more of the positive than the negative. The world is giving us the negative at all-time highs. Look at all the information that's around us that we're being fed without our choice, right? We can just go out in the community and we're going to see all kinds of negative things. We have to choose to focus on the good and the positive and the proactive. If your effort level has been maybe a one or two in this area, thinking about ways you respect your spouse, take massive action and bump that up to like an eight. Challenge yourself to do this. Challenge yourself to do it for five minutes and watch what happens. Watch your natural body's reaction. It's amazing. Okay, number six. One's going to be for the women. One's going to be for the men. For the women, whatever situation you're in, watching your kids' games, running errands, going to dry cleaning. Ask yourself this. How can I make this sexy? How can I make picking up the dry cleaning sexy? (laughs) Your brain is going to give you some fun and funny answers, but also answers that are real. This is a challenge for your brain because it's not used to thinking about sexy in terms that are outside the bedroom sometimes, right? It's like we're we're challenging our brain. We're stimulating it. Our brain likes this. Mental stimulation is a huge component for sexual arousal and sexual stimulation. Do we know this? How can I make this meaningful? This is when it comes to intimacy. How can I make intimacy meaningful for me? That's a fabulous question. For the husbands, yours is a little different. How can I get on her team today? How many teams do I need to get on today? Right? Because that is going to lower her stress. What does that mean? 
that opens her up for desire, arousal. If stress levels are high, that's all blocked, right? You can do something about this. It can be fun. I remember the first time my husband said, tell me one thing I can take off your plate today. And I was like, yes, you are a stud. It was amazing. I don't have to require that of him. But it's amazing when he decides to do something like that. It's amazing what it does. Okay, this is the last one. Number seven, consume less and create more. This goes back to a lot of the negativity that's out in the world. Even if you're searching for stuff on Google that you're trying to, you're hoping will be helpful, right? You're looking for solutions sometimes. You're still going to see a ton of negative stuff. Like we have to monitor the input of negativity by default. Things we didn't even choose to enter into our environment and into our mental sphere, but they did because that's the nature of the world that we live in. So we want to actually be spend less time consuming all of the info that's out there and more time in the creative process. Create the things that you want to experience. Create them. That's where our time needs to be. We need to make this shift. Being in the creative process, even if you're not like, oh, you know, if you're not like the most creative artist or you're not crafty, no, this is not that type of thing. It's saying, this is what I want to do. I want to change this up. I want to have this type of experience in my relationship. I can create that. Of course you can. You can create a sexy bedroom environment, light some candles, turn the music on. That's not hard. That's easy. But that's you being creative. We need to spend more time in that realm rather than just look what I'm going to be watching today. The average person watches three hours of whatever it is a day. Three. That's a lot. What if we spent three hours creating stuff? That's a different relationship. That's a different experience of life. We need to tune in and be aware and be mindful of our consumption levels of the world around us because it's usually pretty negative and we need to create more because we're in charge of that. We're in total control of what we create and that's going to feel awesome. What can you create today that you want to? We need to stop being spectators of everyone else's lives and be more fully participators in our own. We don't realize how much we actually do this. We have to make this little switch. It's small, but it's important. So now that we're at the end of this podcast, I would love to invite all of you to pick at least one of these sayings that we talked about. Pick one and think about it throughout the entire week. Focus on it. And if there's a day where you're feeling extra energetic and you want to take lots of massive action, try more of them. Experiment with these. These are simple sayings that can actually help you feel more in the mood. They can help you tune into your own desire. It can open you up to arousal. It can help you feel sexy. Who knew that seven simple things could do that? But this is the power of thoughts. This is the power of thought work. This is the power of coaching. So pick one to do this week because the more you restore this type of intimacy with yourself the more you restore it with your spouse 
Thank you so much for listening today. And I hope you will join me again next week.